Welcome to the Stuff and Junk Show, where we share our opinions on random subjects from interesting news, social topics, pop culture, our likes and dislikes, things you've seen, heard, or read, what we did, and what we do. You know, Stuff and Junk. Hello, my name is Albert, and for this episode, I wanted to talk about video games, and since uh, Jamming and Ruthie aren't much help there, uh, I went ahead and called my uh, my co-writer, co-creator for the Who What Worst Why comic strip, uh, Louis. Louis, welcome back to the show. Hi, Albert. Thanks for having me back. Yeah, so this this is a topic I've been wanting to talk to for a while now. Actually, um, it, it is. Re- but before I t- mention what the topic is, let me toss some games out there, and maybe you can figure it out. Horizon Zero, uh, Horizon Zero Dawn, Halo, God of War, Gears, uh, Returnal, Redfall, Senua's Saga, Hellblade, Killzone, Fortnite, Call of Duty, Elden Ring, and Starfield. Now, if you haven't guessed by now. Uh, every other game is either a third-person game or a first-person game. And, and I think there's a huge divide among among gamers in regard to first-person gaming and third-person gaming. Like for yourself, Louis, are you, do you prefer one or the, over the other or, or you're just equal as both? I feel like I don't have a preference. Okay. I think it's, to me, it's a more, what is more enjoyable? What do I get? What do I get a better investment out of? You know what I'm saying? So, like, do I feel more immersed from a first-person perspective or do I feel more immersed from a third-person perspective? But, see, the the whole idea for immersion, you figured, like, the first-person perspective should be more immersive than third-person because it's kind of like a, a whole, like, you know, like a VR thing where it's the camera is in your point of view. So, it, theoretically, it should be more immersive, correct? It should be, like, in theory, but it's kind of like sometimes... Because, like, a lot of characters have, you build them up towards a certain point, right? Especially, mm-hmm. like, look at games like Elden Ring and stuff where yeah. you you build that character up. And if you're in the first person view, you're never going to see that character other than outside of cutscenes. But you feel a little bit more invested when that character is brought into the world that you're seeing. So it's kind of like there's there's gains from you having that perspective over your character. So you think would you say that's that's the appeal of having a third person game is you get to see the character that you're playing, you build them up, you 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 dress them up, so you're seeing what you who you are, and you're more immersed because you can see who you are as opposed to like just a camera. Yeah, because you're like you have you have an attachment to it. Like, oh, I found this really nice piece of gear. Like, I really like this, and this kind of like sets my character apart from everybody else. Or even games that don't have that customization, I feel like just. Having the character and going through it with the character, it makes it feel more grounded for yourself. Or at least that's my sentiment for it, because I can play Halo, and I don't feel like I'm in Halo. The game can be fun, it can be an enjoyable, but it's just another generic shooter to me. Oh, really? It's, it's got, yeah. Halo's got to the point now where it's considered a generic shooter, even though it kind of pioneered the console first-person shooters. It really <laughs> did. I, I, played, I played the new one, and I was just... I never felt like I was like, oh man, I can play this for hours. I would, I would right. kind of play here and now and then, but nothing ever was like, oh, yeah, I need to be, I need to go back to it. That's that's how I feel about first person shooter games, uh, especially first, and they're always first person shooters or first person. Is that a lot of them feel the same, kind of like you? You're saying like Halo feels generic shooter now, but a lot of first person shooters from Call of Duty, you know, they they're they're like they feel generic because everything is kind of the same now. The only difference is the story trying to tell and maybe the setting, whether it's World War or future setting kind of thing. All the first-person stuff 
they all kind of feel the same. And to me, that I that's why I would prefer playing a third-person shooter or third-person in the game, you know? Yeah, I kind of I kind of have the same feeling because it's kind of like, for me, ultimately, I'm going to play a game whether or not it's fun to me or not. Mm-hmm. But, but like you said, I just, to me, I think it's just because I've played so many first-person shooter games that when you put me in that camera angle and I'm just shooting, it just feels like every other first-person shooter game that I've played before. Right, right. But it, but if you're talking about first-person shooter, like I know I mentioned Halo was like a pioneer for console gaming. We got to mention Half-Life. Half-Life was a pioneer of a person, a first-person shooter that that perfectly integrated its story into the into that kind of environment. You're playing a character, Gordon Freeman, but you never really see him unless you know it's cutscene or whatever. But you're immersed in that in that kind of surrounding in Half Life and Half Life Two, you know, and like, Doom, also, like Doom Slayer, Team Fortress, all those other things. But see, Doom, I don't really feel attached to Marine Guy. You know, it's just. It's just Doom. And you're shooting monsters, <laughs> I think monsters, it's because you're right? killing so many people that right. you don't feel impressive. <laughs> yeah, like c- compared to Half-Life where, you know, there are moments where you're not really shooting anything. You're just kind of like going around the environment kind of thing. And so that, that brings me to another example, uh, Cyberpunk. Cyberpunk 2077 is a, a first-person game, even though there's currently rumors that they're going to add a third-person perspective to it sometime in the near future. But um, I was completely immersed in that game. It's an open-world game. And and I, you get to do a lot of stuff to do because you get to choose what you want to do and all that stuff. Even though you can customize your character, you don't really see him or her. And and that kind of takes you away a little bit of the customization stuff. But when I play that game, I'm actually not the guy who would like shoot people around. Because like I said, I'm kind of bored of what the whole first-person shooting thing around. So in Cyberpunk, I'm actually the guy who hacks people and whatnot. And that's how I played that game. But even though it's in first-person, I was pretty immersed in that game. Because of the story and and what I could do in the game, so I, yeah. so it seems so it seems like we heavily preference third person because it's kind of like it sounds like what your game is missing is just you seeing what you customize in your character, right? Because I feel like it would just push it over the edge for you. Yeah, right? I'm invested, but I could be more invested if I could see my guy. <laughs> I could be right? heavily more invested. <laughs> yeah, so like like put 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 like look 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 at Zelda, right? If you played Zelda as a first person game with as Link. It's not gonna be the same. It's just not gonna be the same. You have to see Link in front of you, right? Oh yeah, for sure. Look at uh, Breath of the Wild is like the best example of that game. The stuff that you do, the things you do with uh, Link, eventually reflect on the the way that Link looks in the game. So it's kind of like you feel you feel like you're actually playing as Link. Absolutely, and also when it comes to jumping, I, I mentioned Cyberpunk. Cyberpunk has jumping. And a lot of times you're kind of like not sure how your jump is going to land because you don't see your feet really. Uh, so that's where third person perspective helps a lot because you have to see your character jumping ledge to ledge and it makes it a lot easier. It makes it a lot more like you actually are jumping as opposed to the camera's just moving up and down. You know, So another advantage to having a third person perspective as opposed to first person perspective. I think the only game that I can think of that I prefer first person and it's always because I felt like the third person was, I don't know how you would say it's worse, or you feel like it's not as responsive as it should be, mm-hmm. but Minecraft, I've, I've always played Minecraft oh, yeah. first person. First person. Minecraft has always had a third person view, and for me never to have used it or to use it and be like, oh man, I need to go back to first person. I don't really like this, you know? 
Mm. It's kind of like that game was specifically tailored for that first person view. Yeah. But I have a ton of fun of that. But if I go to a shooter, I'm just like, oh, this is boring. Now, like, compare that to like something like Fortnite or or Gears, formerly Gears of War. You know, those are third person shooters, right? You figured a shooter should be a first person, like Halo or even Killzone. But Fortnite and Gears is a, are third person shooters. And they seem to be pretty good at at like having that perspective and still be a shooter. Yeah. I, I but I think you know like games like that like I feel like Gears came at a perfect time just because people were getting started getting bored of first person shooters they kind of changed up the formula mm. they gave it the cover system they gave it and even them they have that third person view as well you know I oh, no, I mean Gears is third oh, I mean first person but then Gears doesn't really have a first person view it like if you like zoom in it's like kind of like over the shoulder so it's kind of not really first person it's still kind of third person you know yeah, like compared to Call of Duty, I I could not imagine playing Call of Duty as a third person game. I just don't see how that's gonna be Call of Duty. It's just foreign to me. It's like the controls, like you feel like it's like a different. It's it feels like a whole different game. Mm-hmm. But when it comes down to like I said immersion, me and you seem to lean more towards third person games. Like that that's really like the key, like the extra key to be more immersive. Just put in a third person camera. And then and then you're in. Oh yeah, for sure. I I think I'm like heavily on that side. Yeah, but I, it's kind of like um, because a lot a lot of the draw for games like nowadays is very much the customization to make you feel like you're part of the game. You know, we can run into the problems where they charge for customizations, yeah. but a lot of the the really great games, the customization doesn't cost anything. It's all built into the game. See, the only time I customize stuff is when I get like. Increase in armor, increase in speed, that kind of... Give me a reason to customize it. But if all it is is a skin, I don't care. You know, like like Spider-Man. Spider-Man has all these costumes. But honestly, if he didn't have any of those costumes, extra costume, I wouldn't care because it's still the same game, right? Yeah. Same, same thing with... Uh, Nothing no. changes, yeah. Yeah, Halo is kind of the same thing where it where they kind of have enhancements. So, but at the same time, like like we're saying, you don't really see your character get enhanced. So it almost seems like, what's the point of enhancing it? Same thing with Cyberpunk. You can, I can enhance the person with different costumes, but I don't really see the guy. So unless you go to camera mode, you know, uh, Gears of War is, is, Gears is essentially just what it is. Call of Duty is essentially just what it is. You know, unless that's changed recently. I haven't played Call of Duty forever. But another thing that that's siding with third person seems to be Sony. Like Sony PlayStation, Sony doesn't have any exclusive first person games, short of Killzone, which we haven't seen in over a decade, uh, or uh, Resistance, which we also haven't seen in well over a decade as well, right? Mm-hmm. Like Sony understands that people want a third person perspective game, and a lot of the exclusive are third person perspective. You know, and that's where all the blockbuster thing is. When people the talk mega about mega hits like gear, uh, like uh, what Horizon. Is it? God, of War, God of War, Horizon, exactly. Oof. You know, like even even a game like Returnal. With Returnal could have been a first person game, but it's, that's a third person game. You know, so it's like it, it's like Sony understands that that's where people seem to want to pay spend their money on is those third person story games because. It's like a new version of like watching a movie or TV show is you buy a third-person game. And you don't get the feeling when you're buying a first-person story game, which will be interesting for Starfield. 
because Starfield is a is a, for what I understand is a first person game, but it's gonna be like like all the other like Elder Scroll in space, you know. And Elder, Elder Scroll is very immersive for a lot of people, right? So it'll be interesting how that plays out later on in the year, assuming it comes out. So, so do you, so did you think when you played Elder Scroll would have been would you feel more um, like engaged if you could see from a different perspective? Um, you mean you mean you mean the like 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 Oblivion or Skyrim that kind of stuff? Cause, yeah, yeah, because they are they are because you, you you can get mods and stuff for that, but like or like when action happens to you, I know you see it in a different perspective. I I think it's because those games were made kind of like old fashioned nineties style, where if you can if you switch between first person and third person, it doesn't really matter because it's like the it's like the the, the combat mechanic. Kind of plays for both sides, first person or third person, you know, because it's very simple. Like there is no like uh, dodging mechanic or or uh, hiding mechanic or ducking and whatnot. That 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 will really affect the gameplay if it's first or third person with those kind of games. As mm-hmm. opposed to as opposed to the current games right now that are being made specifically for third person, so they have to account for like a third person's uh, play style. Yeah, and like sometimes you just have to think of people are just just like I was saying earlier with the Minecraft thing. It's just kind of that's what I was introduced to. So for me to switch to a different like camera perspective is very strange. It's like mm. a different. It feels like a whole different game to me at that point. Yeah, I I think when whenever Cyberpunk releases the third person perspective thing and I play it again, uh, I am curious to see if if it's going to be completely like a feel feel like a different game or not. Because a lot of the times it 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 would it would seem like the character is going to be blocking your point of view. Is that kind of a thing? I don't know. But uh, because it's kind of like you you're playing the game kind of I would imagine like Splinter Cell. It right. sounds like like you're not very like oh let's go shoot everything. You're kind of just sneaking around and figuring stuff out. Correct. A different path. Yeah, it'd be a lot easier to hide when you can see your character hiding. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and but but Splinter Cell is a good example as well. That's a third person game. But the the combat is slower than than a first person game, so it doesn't really need to have that precise like like point and click kind of situation where you need a first person perspective. It, it, it's it's but it's still there's a lot of jumping and hiding and ducking which you should be able to see your character. But then there are, mm-hmm. there are first person games from back in the day that I used to play, where where you could duck, and the camera would just slightly go down or you know it's like. It's yeah. almost like those arcade games, the shooter ones, where you like have your foot on the the pedal and it would duck you down. Oh yeah, true. But then at the same time, the camera moves for you. You don't have to really move around as much, you know. Those are those are kind of like the Telltale games. Yeah, but at the same time, you like click it. But at the same time, um, it, it does seem like a lot of like, another current complaint is that Microsoft needs to have a, a strong third person perspective game. And they actually do have several third-person perspective games. They're just not the blockbusters like like Sony does, you know. So Sony spent all the money to make this immersive. Well, that's the word again, immersive. This this big blockbuster storytelling, uh, cinematic-driven third-person games like The Last of Us or or Uncharted and whatnot. You know, like people spend money to to see the next story for this character that you're following. But at the same time, do people still have that feeling when you went with Tomb Raider? Tomb Raiders has always been third person, but it seemed like, and it has an immersive storyline, but it, it, but all the fanfare for Tomb Raider 
seems to have transferred over to like Uncharted, which is weird because you know Tomb Raider was came out before Uncharted. Uncharted is heavily influenced by Tomb Raider, so it's like heavily, <laughs> yeah, heavily. So it, it it is interesting how the what how people like gravitate towards a franchise or not, and it doesn't seem to matter if it's third person or first person. Yeah, it, it comes down to okay. Do do you enjoy? Did you enjoy what you got out of the game? Is it is it live up to your expectations? It's kind of like the new Lego game. So Lego's never had a super good first person shooter type of vibe when it has like blasters or guns into the game. But this time, I feel like they tried a little bit harder just because you can't really look look at first-person shooters and be like, okay, we we don't want that in our game. I think they just want to add the variation into it just for they can say they have it. Hmm. I, I feel like for LEGO, you'd need to be only third-person because you want to see your LEGO character. And if it's a first-person, it's like, I'm the LEGO character? That feels kind of weird. You know, it's like... Yeah. <laughs> and it's funny because it's kind of like they give you that option. Like, it's... If you zoom in, it's first person, or it zooms in, and it's, like, over the shoulder, like we were talking about earlier. Right. So it's kind of like they just want to give you that option for them. They could say, oh, this is a feature that we have. Or if you ever wanted to see what it looked like when your character was firing from what their perspective is, what it looks like. I I wonder if in the future, like, when VR gets even more accepted, and it's nothing but first person, where maybe 10 years from now, people will be talking it differently like they they'll per, everybody would prefer first person than third person once once that's like that becomes like a lot more popular vr and whatnot i don't know i think third person is just shooting up so much more you think of all these games that people are playing and you know it's kind of like as we get older you don't have the same time that you have you have your family you have stuff to do mm-hmm. and it's kind of like you're you're leaning towards more games that you play by yourself and it's kind of like a lot of the, for, at least for me personally, like I've been leading a lot. I, I used to play multiplayer games all the time. Mm-hmm. Now I play mostly single player games. And the one game that I play multiplayer is a game that people have been playing for years, which is Minecraft. Yeah, yeah. So that's interesting because you say, the way you imply multiplayer games, you're, you almost seems like you're implying those are mostly third person, uh, first person shooters or first person games. Yeah, for me, for me personally, that's what it was. Like, my friends and I would get on, we'd play Halo together. Right. But it's kind of like, like I said, you, everybody has their own separate way to go, and it's kind of like you can't get together with them, so you don't feel, you don't feel the need for it. Whereas mm. if you play a single player game, your enjoyment is purely based on what goes on in between you and the game. Yeah. It also seemed like because uh, the PS4 was so popular and. Almost all these popular games were third-person games. Plus, Fortnite is a third-person game. That's super popular as well. Like, a lot of kids nowadays have gravitated towards third-person gaming. You know, so it's like like some of the... Call of Duty was really big in the aughts, but the past decade, it's kind of just... Even though it's still the biggest-selling game ever, it's still just there. Nobody really talks about Call of Duty like they do with the other story-based games, you know? So I, I really think there is a divide. And I think that's the reason why uh, Microsoft is kind of like uh, picking and choosing like what what's a third person or what's a first person. They don't really have like a huge standout anymore. I mean, yeah, Halo's there, but Halo's, like you said, 
it's because it's just one of the one of the many first person shooter games kind of around right now. Um, same thing with Gears. Gears is just it's a, th- it's a third person game, but it seems to be lumped in with just a standard shooter. So, and then on on the Sony side, like they don't even have a current first person sh- uh, game. Like they don't <laughs> like so, and they don't seem to care. So yeah, yeah, they're they're kind of, but I think it's because they've hit so many successes with what they came out with. You know, look right. at God of War. Everybody thought that God of War is going to come out. It was going to be the last one for the series, and it did amazing. It sold amazing. Their DLC went from being DLC to a full-blown game. Yeah, but I think a lot of it has to do with people wanted to see where the story was going. So it does, it does seem like story is first-person or third-person. Story is the most important thing. And then, of course, your Minecraft example kind of kills that because <laughs> there's not really much of a story, right? Yeah, it's like it's what what you can get out of the game, but that's the thing. It's kind of like mean you could both be leaning towards that third-person perspective, but there is games in that wheelhouse that can bring us back. And they're first-person. They don't necessarily have to be a shooter, but when they attract us enough to like invest time into it, that's where it's kind of like you can't say you're really one, but you that you play another one. Mm. Yeah. No, well, I mean, like, like, it, it's, it is interesting um, with the, the whole notion about like I'm like third person gaming, but I have an Xbox and a PC, you know, and so I'm I'm I don't have those big third part uh, third person games that Sony has, you know, and then for me I'm like I'm okay with it kind of thing. Same thing with Switch. I don't have a Switch, I don't get to play Zelda anymore, but I'm okay with it. But like you said, I, I'm older enough and I don't really have time for everything, so I, I just get what I can based on what I got. And a lot of the times, you know, they 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 fulfill the need, you know. Plus plus PlayStation uh, Plus is gonna is gonna be available for 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 PC, and I'll be able to play those third person games eventually. So, yeah, best of both worlds, PC. <laughs> I felt some side of way for the. I'm glad that they finally came out with the program, but it's just so bad. I was just like, yeah. this isn't exciting. Like, how are you gonna come into the market and offer less than what Xbox is? Yeah, well, I, I think they're just relying on on the people like myself who don't have a PlayStation. To, to support that system, right? You know, because like if people only want a subscription, Sony's got to offer it. If that's all they can offer, then that's all they can offer. You don't really have a choice. If you want to play mm-hmm. the Sony exclusives it, through a subscription, then that's your only choice. Because I know the the PlayStation regulars don't really care about this because they really they really have the games, you know, because it doesn't come with any like uh, first day releases like like Xbox Game Pass does. You it's know? like so, they're built into the ecosystem. You don't want to switch. Yeah, but I think Sony has the right call. They need to put themselves there so that they, they can't... Because if, if the later they wait, the more they have to catch up with, with Game Pass. And they can't wait any longer. they got to do something. And this is the best thing they could do right now. It's exactly like when um, when Blockbuster was offered to buy Netflix and they were yeah. like, no, people people are like coming to our stores to see movies. And now Netflix is... Like the biggest thing in the mm-hmm. world right now. Yeah, and then Blockbuster tried to do a streaming service like years later, and of course that failed because Netflix really and, established it. And that kind of and that kind of feels like how Sony's going. They're just like, well, everybody's doing subscription. We might as well jump into it. It's almost yeah. like they didn't want to take that loss, but it's kind of like subscription is like the future because every everybody has a subscription, even like specific channels like i think i got discovery the other day and i was just like another subscription to add on to my growing <laughs> collection 
But you know, once again, the best thing about subscription is you can always unsubscribe for one month and then come back like five months later and you're just jumping right in, you know? That's the best thing about subscriptions. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like if you're using them. Yeah, as long as you don't like, like, uh, like ignore the fact that you're paying monthly. You know, you just gotta, you gotta know that, that you can't just keep paying monthly if you're not using it. It's not a gym membership. You gotta, you gotta it's use it somehow. Gym membership. Yeah. I mean, essentially, but I mean, subscriptions <laughs> is still like the most consumer friendly thing. You just gotta be able to, you know, manage it properly. I don't know. I enjoy, I really enjoy yeah. the, the experience that you get with Game Pass. So yep. for, if my computer still work, I feel like it would be even more amazing. But I kind of want the integration to come back the other way. So there's some PC games that I'd be able to play on Game Pass on my Xbox. Yeah. Plus, I mean, Game Pass works on on uh, iPhone, iPad, Android. You know, well, just about anything. Just I'm pretty sure, like like Microsoft is going to release a dongle, like a fifty dollar dongle that you plug into your TV, and that's Game Pass right there. You know, that's completely possible. I see it. Happening. That'd be kind of crazy, yeah. Like uh, some and keyboard support. That'd be amazing. And then you just okay. I don't even need my. I don't even need a PC at this point anymore. Yeah. As long as your cloud gaming, as long as your speed is fine, you know, then then you're you're good for cloud gaming. I'm just waiting for the internet to catch up because we got what a gig now is the highest. <laughs> Not for me, it isn't because <laughs> my block sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what is your highest that you can get? Yeah, like fifty five. Megabits per second. No, there's no way. Out no, there. yeah, that that is it. I I even tried to do that. Uh, I know we're going off topic already, but I, I I even tried to do the T-Mobile five G thing, and and apparently I'm too far away from the five G antenna, and I'm I'm getting worse signal than I than I currently am getting with my Spectrum cable. So oh man, yeah, I'm That's stuck. That's kind of crazy. Yeah, the only the only well, way yeah. the only way I can get faster internet is is if, if I move. Because it does not seem like my street is going to have faster internet than what I currently got. That's kind of crazy. Have mm-hmm. you tried? Uh, so you're going to be the first lining up for Tesla's uh, network? Uh, well, the I internet mean, they're going to be offering? I, I will be lining up to whoever can give me faster internet. That's all. And right now, <laughs> nobody can do that. You know, well, I so. guess I shouldn't complain. I have 500 at home. Yeah, so. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. <laughs> but I mean, like I said, <laughs> even with 55, like, I tried cloud gaming on 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 Game Pass. It it, it works decently well. Like I'm I'm surprised at how well it works. You know. So, but I I would prefer to be faster. But yeah. But in in basically in, in conclusion of this of the topic that we were talking about, uh, essentially, uh, PlayStation doesn't need an exclusive first person game because third the third company third part the third party companies kind of already provide it anyway. But but Xbox does need like a big third person game. I I do really think they do. You know, it's like they have they have a good like uh, catalog of different genres in Xbox, but I really think they need to have like a blockbuster third person game. I don't know if it's I don't even think it's gonna be uh, Senua Saga Hellblade because I think it's still too dark of a game to to appeal to the mainstream. So they need what character? Else. What character out of their wheelhouse would they be able to drag out to come and be like, all right, let's go? You're gonna be the next big thing. I honestly think they should just make Perfect Dark into a third person game. Perfect Dark can kind of fill in the Uncharted uh, uh, genre, genre, the the Uncharted like blank spot that, that Xbox needs. Just make Joanna Dark a third person character, and work with that. I really think that's what they should do. That'd be a really good idea. But they freaking love wasting rare talent on doing random 
random things. Well, Rare isn't doing like, perfect. The, the new Perfect Dark. It's it's uh the new company they created plus uh plus the people who made the uh, Tomb Raider. They're the ones that are they're the ones doing Perfect Dark, the new Perfect Dark for Xbox. Oh, yeah, and and that kind for, of makes and from what I understand, it's still gonna be first person. I'm like, dude, <laughs> I I know I know in the original Perfect Dark, <laughs> it's it switches right. Like when you do. When you do third person, it's like it's like a, a hybrid of third person and first person. Like if you're shooting things, it's third person, I think. And then it's kind of like double uh, seven. Oh, there you go. Yeah, and if you're moving around, it's first person. So it's like it's a hybrid of both. But I would I would prefer if they just leave her and be a third person game. I mean, we you, Xbox, you have more than enough first person shooter uh, exclusives. Just let it go. If I said, with uh with Bethesda being part of Xbox now and they do almost nothing but first person shooter games, it's like you have a lot of first person shooters. You gotta gotta get a third person game there somewhere. Oh, yeah. And then they're and hopefully they're acquiring Blizzard too. No. <laughs> oh, that's right. Wait, are they? They are. They what? Yeah, they, they are. are. That's right. Unless, that's right. That was a big news. They didn't pass through the courts, but even even Blizzard kind of has a lot of. First person. First person. Yeah. 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 I, I I don't know. We'll 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 have to see. All right. Thanks for listening. Uh, my name is Albert. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Albert Five by Five. Louis, tell people where they can find you online. Well, this is Louis. You can find me DKZZ on Instagram, PlayStation, and Xbox. Music has been provided by Gloomy June, formerly the White Axis. Contact info, ways to support us, and everything else can be found on whowhatworse.com as well as the show notes. Before we go, uh, let's give our six listeners some recommendations for this week. Louis, you got a recommendation that you want to share with the listeners? I've been really enjoying Lego Star Wars. It's really fun. I think I think even if you don't love Lego, if you like Star Wars, you should give it a try because the amount of characters that you get to unlock and use in that game is kind of crazy. That's the Lego Star, Star Wars, the Skywalker saga, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm waiting for that to show up on Game Pass. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was assuming. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Once again, thanks, Lewis, for uh, being on. Uh, I'll have you on again in the future when I need to talk video games. <laughs> for sure. Thanks for having me. All, All right, man. Bye. And when you just thought that that you were going to be free of jamming and routine this episode, look here they are. Hey, jamming mm-hmm. and routine. Welcome you, to this you episode. You say that like it's a bad thing. <laughs> Ouch. You know also, what? I'm out. Also, who Lewis? I, I have no idea who Lewis is now. Catch me up. What's I going on here? I don't even know if you met Lewis. But he's my he's I, I my guess. he's he's my co-creator of the comic strip. Oh, the co- yeah, okay, I got you. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah, but so but since we're already at the end of the episode, uh, Ruthie, you know I mean, tell people where they can find you online. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Ruthie Grace Thirteen and Ruthie's Cats. I can't believe I showed up for this. Really. I'm here for this? Really? <laughs> you can just cut and paste from any number of the podcasts we're here. Uh, John me at uh, Twitter, J-I-A-M-I-N-G-L-O-U. So before we go, uh, Louis already gave his recommendation for the week. So I, I'm going to still ask Jamming and Ruthie for the recommendation. Jamming, recommendation for the week. Go ahead. I will recommend an old, docu- uh, old documentary that I saw on Netflix. It came out a couple years ago. It's called Disclosure. Disclosure. It's about the what do you call it, the trans community and their relationship with uh, what do you call it, mass media in terms of movies and television and stuff like that. And basically a timeline. Basically, the, uh, when film first was first invented back in I don't know 1900s, whatever it is, uh, trans people were there, and it, it's literally like a, 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 a interview. 
and they react to major kind of events of, of trans representation in film and television and stuff like that. And it's very, very, very moving. It's very powerful. It's one of those instances where it's like, hey, the more we're different, the more we're the same. You know what I mean? Because I, I don't know if you guys know this, but I'm not a trans person. You know what I mean? Oh, uh, what? You, what? It's no. a bit shocking. But the thing is, but the thing, the, the thing they talk about as far as representation is the same thing I felt when, as a Chinese American. You know what I mean? They, the people on the documentary say, "Hey, when they saw a trans person on screen and TV and stuff, they were like, oh, there, there, there you are. There, that's one.' You know what I mean? And then they get disappointed because it's such a stereotype. And I'm like, oh yeah, it's, uh, it's like me. Yeah, I feel, I feel the same way. So it's one of those instances. You know what I mean? Like I said, uh, it's, 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 we all share the same humanity. Is what I'm trying to say. You know what I mean? And it's a nice reminder of that. And it's also a nice. Uh, for a nice history lesson for people that are not in the trans media, like you know, their representation through film and me- and media through the years and stuff. It's just really good. B- big thumbs up. Did you know uh, disclosure? Uh, did you know recently? Uh, uh, one of the what's the word? Inheritors. Uh, the person who. David Albert Harris. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, let me uh, mention something real quick okay. first. This is this is a bit. Uh, this is a bit. Uh, I'm gonna try and connect it. So there was a bit. I don't know if you guys heard, but Chris uh, Chris Rock and Will Smith had a had a little tussle. Oh what? And, what? Oh yeah, I know, right? It was, no, it was on the news. Anyway, a lot of the hyperbole, some of the the pearl clutching around it was like, oh, this is the most violent, the most horrific thing I, that's ever happened on the Austrian stuff. Like and they a lot of people have given other examples of other more serious things that's happened on like hey don't exaggerate john wayne almost beat up this name of america woman until like anyway one one clip in this disclosure documentary uh happened on the academy awards for remember the crying game oh right uh, crying, yeah yeah crying game. the actor that played uh, spoilers for crying game an actor played a trans person on in the crying game and that person was nominated for best supporting actor in the academy awards and mercedes rule was there to present that Academy Award, that that category and stuff like that. And she made these awfully crude, transphobic jokes. That's absolutely just looking back on it, just absolutely painful to watch and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So that really? when you sh- yeah, you can Google. I-, I can find it for you later and stuff like that, but I'll forward to you guys. But it's really transphobic. Really looking back on it, it's really disgusting. I mean, as a kid, when I first when I I probably saw that Oscars, uh uh, when it was live back in the day and stuff, because like, I would have been a teenager and stuff like yeah. that, but I probably wouldn't have thought much of it. I always probably laughed it off. But looking back on it as a forty-five-year-old, it's painful. It's really, really transphobic, really bullying, and, and and it's just disgusting and stuff like that. So when people talk about like, hey, oh, this pristine, this wonderful thing about the Academy Awards, like, oh, how dare this happens? Look, looking at history and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So anyway, Albert, you were saying. Uh, apparently, the word is air. H e i r r h e i r. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, Roy P. Disney, the great nephew of Walt Disney and the co-founder of Walt Disney Corporation, revealed that his son Charlie was trans while pledging oh, okay. five hundred thousand dollars along with his family to the human rights campaign. You know, in an appeal to America's largest LGBTQ plus advocacy group, Mr. Disney said, "Equality matters deeply to us, especially because our child Charlie is a transgender and a proud member of the LGBTQ plus community." And of course, this is all within the fact that. Uh, the Florida Republicans are completely like trying to bury Disney because Disney has publicly said, well, the well, Disney company has publicly said that they are now against that uh, don't say gay bill. Mm-hmm. A little late, but you know, at least now they're in the fight, I guess. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. And Ruti, what is your recommendation for the week? Um, my recommendation for the week is a DIY hack, um, the Tarva bed. Um, well, uh, yeah, I'm recommending it. I'm looking up videos on how to hack it. 
creative things to do with it because we bought a new bed. So I need a new frame and um, uh, I'm looking for ways to hack it. Apparently it's really hackable. So I'm excited to try it out. I think I'm going to either paint it or try to stain it and maybe add, add to the, um, to the existing headboard that comes with the frame. It's a very simple pine unfinished frame um, called Tarva from Ikea. It's like queen size is only 179, including the bed slats. So it's actually a really affordable option. And um, it's such a simple frame that you can literally, and it's cheap. So you can literally do anything you want to it. You can paint it, you can add on to it. So um, yeah, I'm planning to get creative with it. I don't know exactly what I'm going to do yet, but um, yeah, just uh, that's my recommendation for the week. I'm obsessed with Tarva. Tarva. So, but Tarva specifically for the bed. For the bed. Yeah. I did see like an article here that says here the 10 best IKEA bed frame hacks. So, that might be what you're referring to. Mm-hmm. Yep. This is one budget friendly, amazing bed and headboard IKEA hacks. So, this is specifically IKEA, huh? Yeah, specifically IKEA because they're cheap. Okay. I shall put a link on the show notes on that article that I mentioned. And my um, Tarva f- bed frame. Yes. And my recommendation is, since this is the um, the last week of Lent, it is? Yes, it is. This is last mm-hmm. week of Lent. Um, my recommendation is for those of you who are following Lent and have made a sacrifice or sometimes something you gave up, my recommendation is keep going. Don't stop just because Lent is over. Keep going. You know, if, if it's something that, that, that will benefit you to, to just give it up altogether, go for it. That's what I say. Go for it. Uh, you know how my 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 thing I gave up for Lent was that I was gonna avoid like added sugar in my drinks and whatnot. Oh, that, that's been going very well too, from what I heard. <laughs> well, I mean, it's a, not a smooth. struggle at all. Silky, silky smooth, smooth as not a baby's a butt. Struggle at all. Yeah. No simple. drama at all. No, no crying, no tantrums. Yeah. Well, Every I'm, day, like interactions, perfectly fine. I mean, I mean. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but what I'm saying is that <laughs> that I'm going to continue doing this. I'm going to try my hardest to avoid uh, drinks with added sugar. Like oh, like, uh, oh, yeah. Continue to avoid sugar, not continue complaining. I thought I thought you I thought you I thought you were no no continue no. Continue doing no. that. I, I guess to consume sugar in other stuff. I'm just saying I'm, sure. I'm specifically targeting drinks this time. All right. You know, okay. apparently, apparently, I drink too much Asian tea and Asian boba and all that milk tea stuff that are super super sweet. Wait, you're Asian? Starbucks. I'm just, I'm <laughs> Yeah, I, I I think it finally got to me, so I, so that's why I have I just have to give it up for now, for now. But I'm, I'll continue on. I will continue on past Lent. Yeah, all right. Like, and uh, I'm gonna lean more towards soda, zero sugar, thingy. And I know there's controversies on how healthy that really is, but I guess I could be a guinea pig for that. So, so there we go. <laughs> all right. This yeah, Coke Zero is actually not bad. Yeah, I, I actually do like Coke Zero Sugar, and I, I do also like Pepsi Zero Sugar, so I'm all for that. Even, uh, like I said, still a guinea pig, and we still don't know what the alternative sugar thing that they're using is going to do in the future, but, you know. This was episode 554 of the Stuff and Junk Show. Thanks for joining us. Until next time, this has been a podcast on the Who What Worst Whenever. Bye.